1: Hey folks, before we get started with this week's episode of Positively Trek, just a quick warning, the audio quality for my microphone is not great in this episode. My apologies for that. I was trying a new mic setup and did not get the settings quite right. So uh, my apologies, Uh, please bear with us. The sound for this episode is not terrific on my part. I've done what I can to clean it up, but it is still not great. So with that in mind, let's get on with the show. Welcome everyone to another episode of Positively Trek, with me, your host, Dan Gunther, and with me, for one last time, is Bruce Gibson. Bruce, I I, I choked on the, as he always is, and I, I couldn't get it out there. <laughs> uh, Bruce, you, you're here, we're, we're doing this uh, with you as a regular host for
2: one final episode here. So this is what I love when we record, there's times I picture people listening and thinking, how are they reacting to things? Right. But it was two episodes ago that we announced them leaving, but it was at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, we've done some other recordings and such. And so there's, you know, discussions of those, but it's always at the end. And I'm like, well, there's probably people out there that maybe they haven't listened to those episodes or didn't listen all the way to the end. So when you're like, oh, Bruce is here for one last time, I'm just picturing some people going, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, he, did I hear that correctly? One last time?
1: Well, and also to introduce some other timey-wimey shenanigans as well, we actually have a book club episode that isn't out yet as this episode comes out. So, you know, this is the last time we're sitting together and recording with you as a regular host, but we do actually still have another episode with you coming out after this one. With the with uh, special guest Jesse Earle talking about tales of the Dominion War. So, you know, just to throw another little boomerang into our audience and make them all confused.
2: That is confusing because as I say goodbye on this episode, I'll be back on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was before this one. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Timey-wimey shenanigans, you know, where's Matt Smith and, and them when you need them?
2: Exactly. And, you know, just real quick, before we get into the news and some other things, um, you know, you've opened the door to me coming back at any time or whatever. So who knows what the future looks like? Maybe I make a guest appearance. Maybe I come back full time if the doors open to that, or maybe I never come back. I have no idea. (laughs) So it's not necessarily the last or maybe it is.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, as I've said, that door is always open. There's always a, a chair at the desk for you pulled out and ready to go. So yeah, anytime.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I I do appreciate that. And uh, let's talk Trek. Absolutely. Well, we're changing up the format
1: a little bit with this one. Longtime listeners would know that when there's new Star Trek on, we tend to do an episode dedicated to reviewing that episode, and we've kind of, before Bruce decided to leave, we actually decided to change that up a bit and change the format and keep kind of doing regular features with maybe a little section kind of in the news where we talk about the most recent episode, but not make that the feature of the episode. So uh, it's a time of flux and change for Positively Trek in more ways than one, because this is our, our first time doing that. That said, we don't really have a big special feature to talk about with this episode because of course, the big thing is Bruce's final episode and we've got a lot of news to talk about. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a kind of all around oddball episode, but I hope you'll bear with us and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about some of this crazy news that's come out this week for Star Trek.
2: Yeah. And I'm kicking myself right now because as I'm watching myself on the zoom video, I'm wearing a Mandalorian shirt. Blasphemy. I should be wearing Star Trek. But this is the shirt I wore yesterday because I got up this morning and threw on yesterday's clothes thinking I was going to shower and change later and it never happened. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've had days like that. Yeah, so I'm wearing yesterday's underwear, people. This is why I feel like I need to leave because I'm just not appropriate (laughs) for this show. Well, as long
1: as the underwear is Star Trek underwear and not Mandalorian underwear, we're fine with that.
2: Well, it's neither, so. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> you, wait, Dan, are you wearing Star Trek underwear right now? I choose not to comment. Okay. Actually no.
1: I I don't even I don't think. No. You don't, I don't even have wear any underwear. Star Trek underwear. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I how did this happen? What's going on? Why why are we talking about this? <laughs> Boxers or briefs? That's the question that always comes uh, up. Yeah, there you go. Boxers or briefs. Well, I'm going to leave that question unanswered while we move on to the Star Trek news this week. And Bruce, I have to say, the timing of this just fills me with joy. I am so glad we get to talk about Star Trek movie news, and I put news in quotes. It's actual news this time, but it's, of course, because it's Star Trek film news, it's not good news. So... (laughs) Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it, yeah. So we've got Star Trek IV has lost its director. Matt Shackman is no longer attached to the next Star Trek film, which... You know, if we believe that Calendar and Projections is supposed to come out sometime next year, that's not going to happen. But Paramount is still moving forward with the project, currently directorless. So, Bruce, there's been all kinds of writing on the wall for this movie. It's had about five or six different permutations, different directors, different things attached to it. How are you taking this latest news that Matt Chapman is uh, no longer attached to the project?
2: Well, I'm just rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think about this, I'm just so tired of it. It's just, it's so annoying. I'm, I'm reaching the point and I know this is positively tracked, but I'm really reaching the point now that I'm really getting sick and tired of all this you know, bait and switch stuff with the Star Trek film, you know, it's okay. First of all, I saw a tweet or whatever announcement that Matt Shackman was going to direct the new fantastic four movie. And, I didn't even connect him to Star Trek Mm because I can't keep up with all the directors they announce (laughs) for the Star Trek movie. And so I'm just like, Oh, okay. This guy's going to do the next fantastic four. Okay. I knew there was talk about bringing fantastic four back to the screen again for the umpteenth time. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then I saw this article later about him leaving Star Trek. And I'm like, Oh, that's the same guy. Well, wait a second. There's a statement made by Paramount that, oh, you know, the timing just didn't align, you know, for the upcoming Star Trek film. Now he's doing Fantastic Four. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. Didn't he not sign up for Star Trek first? Shouldn't Disney (laughs) be saying and Marvel be saying, oh, I'm so sorry. The timing didn't work out to have Matt come and do Fantastic Four because he's doing the upcoming Star Trek film. Why does one take precedence over the other? That's what I want to know. I'm assuming the
1: answer is the universal answer to all of these questions, which sounds like a cash register opening. Uh, I'm guessing the Disney Marvel universe looks a little bit more flush with cash for uh, Matt Chapman's directing acumen to (laughs) be used here. But yeah, it's it's a kick like it hurts it sucks according to the Hollywood Reporter the search for a new director for the next Star Trek movie will quote begin immediately so yeah, well n- no kidding uh, <laughs> I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with this um, obviously you know right now they're still penciled in for that December 22nd 2023 release date that's not happening there's nobody gonna put money on on that movie Being released by that day (laughs) You know more to come I almost feel like whenever We learn new Star Trek news we should Invite you in just to comment On it and do a little mini rant (laughs) Right
2: well because I I Don't feel like there's a passion Behind this project That's Mm -hmm. that's where but like I don't Care if Matt Shackman is Directing this or not it's not like I'm A big Matt Shackman director Fan I mean I'm not I don't know. I know some of his work, I guess, but it's like, it's not anything to do with that. It's just, I want to hear somebody coming in and saying, hi, I'm the new director. I'm really excited about this project. We're we've just spent the last 30 days working on a script, reworking the script. We we're signing the cast. Like, you know, we're, we're in the process of making this happen, but instead it just feels like they make these announcements. Hey, we have a director. Hey, we have a writer. Hey, we're going to bring, The cast together and there's these like open promises that don't really come into fruition. And it's like, I, I, it's like, I can't take it seriously anymore. It's like, I want somebody to come in as a director. And then when they're offered another assignment, say no, because (laughs) I'm doing Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the biggest facepalm moment in the
1: last year was when they announced like, yeah, we're moving forward with a new movie with the Kelvin timeline cast and it's going to be great. And like half the cast and their agents all went, really? Uh, That's the first we're hearing of it. What's going on? Like, come on guys, get your crap together. Like this is getting pretty ridiculous.
2: I, I yeah, I don't know. I look again, we're, we have new Star Trek on TV and that's great. If we get something in the theaters, you know, that's fine. If we're not, okay, I can go either way with that. It's just, I don't want to keep hearing these empty promises. Mm -hmm. Like, again, I've always said it. Once they say action on the set, then I believe we're getting a movie, but don't give me all this stuff that, Oh, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it and nothing comes to fruition from it. So yeah, woo. I'm at, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> no, I,
1: I totally get it. I'm, I'm waiting for the announcement that actually makes me excited because at this point it's feeling a little bit like Lucy with the ball and Charlie Brown because yeah. you know, it's hard to get excited about any of this anymore after, you know, so many failed attempts at kicking that ball.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I relate so many things to dating. And so it's like, it's like, if and I'm married, so I don't, ask women out on dates anymore, but (laughs) back in the day, if I met somebody who kept saying she's going to go out with me and she's always canceling, I'm not going to take her seriously anymore. I'm just going to stop asking her out. I don't even want her to call me anymore. Like whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. or when you're ready to go out with me, call me. (laughs) That's how this feels right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, put that aside for the moment and let's talk about Star Trek on television because this is actually something that I get excited about because they're delivering, right? We've got five television shows in active production right now with more on the way. And we, of course, have had the Star Trek Las Vegas convention just this past weekend, still going on right now as we're talking. And there's some little bits of news and stuff coming out from it. And one in particular that I wanted to highlight is uh, Denise Crosby talking about her character of Tasha Yar and dropping some hints that Yar will appear in Star Trek Picard season three. Now, Terry Metalis had been talking on Twitter and people had asked about Tasha and he said, yeah, there's some homage to her in, in season three that he doesn't really want to talk about. But Denise Crosby was asked if she will be a part of of Season 3 of Picard, and her answer was, Oh, I don't want to give away too much, but I'm going to tell you that you will see Tasha Yar, but I'm not going to tell you how. You've got to watch. So... Very cryptic, of course, but nice to get a little bit of of confirmation that she's involved or Tashi Yar is involved in some
2: fashion. Well, that could be a simple thing is just that her picture... Is on the set. Yeah, his you know? little hologram or something. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but then you'd be like, "Well, why does Denise Crosby even know about that? They don't even have to tell." Her. Unless the cast told her, right? Hey, mm. they used your image as Tasha Yar, so, so they could get you in there. And she's like, "Oh, that's great." And then yeah, you know, STLV. So, are you going to be in the new movie? Well, Tasha Yar will be there. I just won't tell you how. <laughs> Yeah, so it it's, it could be much ado about
1: nothing, but, you know, it's nice to hear from uh, Denise Crosby and, and get a little hint that there's at least something there. So, yeah, I don't know much more that I want to say about this news story other than to say, like, ooh, let's keep an eye on that.
2: That's kind of cool. I think her actual quote was, you will see Tasha Yar in season three of Picard before you'll ever see a new Star Trek movie. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And behind the scenes, J.J. Abrams went curses. (laughs) J.J., step up and direct the next movie. I know that won't make a lot of people happy, but at least I think you'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, man. So, yeah. Again, watch this space. Not a lot to comment on this other than like, oh, that's something interesting that came out of STLV. So. Well, moving on to our next piece of news, uh, as has been the case for a lot of her Star Trek colleagues in the past, Nichelle Nicole's ashes will be headed to outer space, uh, joining Star Trek Legends on the Enterprise Memorial launch. Uh, so this is kind of interesting, a nice little homage, a nice little memorial for Nichelle Nichols, who of course passed recently. This memorial spaceflight company called Celestis Inc., announced plans to honor Nichelle Nichols by launching this symbolic portion of her cremated remains and a DNA sample into deep space aboard its upcoming historic enterprise flight, uh, which launches later this year, interestingly on the Vulcan rocket. So all kinds oh, of little wow. Star Trek connections
2: here. I like that. That's cool. Now, I mean, this is, I- I'm assuming, um, that her son's behind this or something to make this happen. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, I like that. Yeah. His DNA will apparently
1: go along with her on this trip as well. So, uh, you, you know, DNA sample, you know, living and dead people, I guess are, are <laughs> able to hitch a ride. So that's kind of cool, but, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I think it's a nice tribute, you know, with the, influence that star trek has had on real life space exploration it's kind of nice to to get the little bit of a a tribute this way here so
2: and i think even more so with her than the others that have been in space whether alive or as ashes because of what she's done for the nasa space program absolutely yeah and it's like if anybody deserves to go in space for not just being on a sci-fi tv show but what she's done with nasa it's she deserves it more than anyone absolutely so yeah you can uh, you can check this out
1: enterprise-flight.com and in fact through that website fans will be able to officially celebrate this by sending their name and tributes to her for free uh, on that website so uh, those will all be digitized and launched on the rocket as well, so you can also have a little piece up in space of your own <laughs> fandom for Nichelle Nichols if you so desire so uh, it's kind of cool, yeah, yeah, I might check that out now. another final piece of news that I want to talk about is regarding the Star Trek Day live stream event, which is returning on September eighth of this year. And this is the third year in a row that they will have been doing this, showcasing the five ongoing television shows that are going on. So this is September 8th, kind of an all-day live event, hosted by Lower Decks' Tawny Newsom, who is, of course, Ensign Mariner, and Paul F. Tompkins, who you may know as Dr. Miglimo. Uh, it kicks off at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, September 8th, broadcast from the Skirble Cultural Center in Los Angeles. With uh, red carpet interviews featuring Mary Chifo and Jackie Cox from RuPaul's Drag Race. Interesting choice there. So uh, that's kind of cool. I
2: think it was Jackie Cox that was at Star Trek Mission Chicago. I didn't get to go to that show. But yeah, I think that's the same. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, 3 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday while I'm working. Uh, went through this last year too. Like, <laughs> eh, it just kind of sucks. But you're working that day too, probably, right? I
1: know. I'm so frustrated. I was getting Wednesdays and Thursdays off for the longest time, and I saw this and was excited. And like this last week, they changed me to Tuesdays and Mondays and Tuesdays off. So. Like, come on. (laughs) I don't get the weekends. Why can't I have the days where they're doing Star Trek live streams and stuff? But darn it, it's not working out. I will, of course, be following all the news as closely as I can and watching it after the fact. There are events highlighting all of the current Paramount Plus Trek productions, which include, of course, Star Trek Picard, Lower Decks, Prodigy, Strange New Worlds, and Discovery. There's so much Star Trek on television right now just to go back to something we talked about earlier, I don't even care if there's a movie coming for crying out loud. <laughs> there's so much great star Trek on television and they're going to be talking about it all during this live stream featuring, uh, interviews with Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd, Tawny Newsom, Noel Wiles, Don Lewis, Brett Gray and Kate Mulgrew from prodigy, Rebecca remain, Christina Chong, Jess Bush, Celia G- Rose Gooding, Melissa Navia and Babs Alaston Moken. From Strange New Worlds, Wilson Cruz, Sonequa Martin-Green, and other cast uh, as season five production continues in Toronto on Discovery. There's just so much. Like, this is going to be so much fun. I don't even care that there's no movie coming.
2: (laughs) Now, last year, they had an audience at the event. So how do we get into that? Because I will... If I can get in there, Paramount, if you're listening, and I know I'm leaving the podcast, but... I'll come back and promote the event. If you <laughs> send not, you don't have to send me there. I'll be there. I know I, I'm in Atlanta, but I will fly to Los Angeles. That's the office I report to in Los Angeles anyway. So that's where, you know, I, I could go to work there. I want to come to the event. I'll get there myself. Just give me a ticket. All right. No. My email address is Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral <laughs> with underline Rex at yahoo.com. So just send me an email and take care of me and I'll take care of you. Yeah, let's get an on on the ground reporter there
1: for sure. I mean, yeah, let's do this. Even even if that's how I keep Bruce on the podcast, that's perfect. We'll do that. <laughs> do it for
2: Dan Paramount, do it for Dan.
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh, So apparently, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. There's something called the Augmented Reality Delta Portals, allowing fans to use their mobile devices to beam into Star Trek environments. These select cities will be hosting these pop-up things. I don't know. So I guess you don't even have to be there. You can just be there via augmented reality. That's I don't want that though let's actually be there <laughs> yeah yeah no i don't want to be virtually there i want to be there be there anyway this looks like a lot of fun there's going to be a lot going on uh you can stream it live at star trek.com slash day worldwide uh, it'll also be available through the paramount plus youtube channel the official star trek social media accounts and on the paramount plus twitch page of course for the u.s only uh for those ones there but uh worldwide on Star Trek.com slash day if you're outside
2: the US. And this this is exciting because, you know, like you said earlier, we're getting all this new Star Trek on TV and you're like, yeah, who cares about if we have another movie or not? And I feel the same way. I mean I'd love to see a new movie, but I mean we're we're getting all this stuff and not even Are we getting new Star Trek? But we get these types of things now, right? We've had an official convention in Chicago this past year. As we're recording right now, we have 56 year mission going on. So we've got two big conventions going on each year now, instead of just the Las Vegas one, we've had the one, I mean, I know the one in England got canceled or whatever, and the Germany one, but hopefully that will come back, whatever. And then, you know, but there's all these things going on. And then on top of it, Star Trek Day, which is live streamed. And so we get a lot of Star Trek content and celebration all into one. Yeah, absolutely. And neither of us made it to STLV this year, which,
1: you know, that was kind of sad. But at the same time, there's so many of these events happening that you can attend virtually and that sort of thing that you know, it's not quite the same, obviously, but it's still so much that we're getting as Star Trek fans right now. Like, this really is a new golden age of Star Trek in, in many respects, right? So, uh, I'm absolutely over the moon as a Star Trek fan. So, or maybe, maybe that's an outdated saying for Star Trek fans. Maybe I'm like through the Bajoran wormhole as a Star Trek fan, I guess. I don't know, but it's yeah. great. I'm loving it.
2: I think I would be further over the, through the wormhole if I saw more of Star Trek in the wild, meaning mm-hmm. when I go into like stores and, you know, there's merchandise and I just don't see that much. And, you know, people know that I'm also a big Star Wars fan and I usually look for Star Wars first because I know I probably will find something and not that I'm looking to buy, but I just want to see it, you know, yeah. and to... And Then, you know, and then I never, not never, but I rarely get to see Star Trek stuff. And that's always disappointing to me.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Actually, I just had this discussion the other day with my wife, Nikki, and her sister was somewhere and saw these Star Wars Pyrex dishes and thought of Nikki because Nikki's a huge Star Wars fan. And in that conversation, she said, Oh, I, 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 what, what is it that Dan likes? Is it, it's star Trek. Right. And Nikki was like, yeah, it's like, Oh, there's, there's not a lot of that stuff. Like I always look for that stuff and I can never find it. And Nikki was like, yeah, it's, it's not owned by Disney.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, that's just part point. of it, but yeah, it's still. Yeah. That's a part of it. But I just remember in the nineties when, you know, TNG and DS nine were on and then Voyager, you know, I remember going into stores And I typically could find something Star Trek. Maybe there's a T-shirt in one place and, you know, an action figure in another. Or there's a whole section of books in the bookstore for on Mm -hmm. display and all that. And I just don't see that as much anymore. Yeah.
1: And and as another aside, my wife, uh, when she wasn't my wife at the time, gave me these amazing star Trek pillows that she made herself out of star Trek fabric that she had found as a housewarming gift. When I first got my house and you cannot find that fabric anymore. But like there was a time where there was a bunch of widely available. Like if you go to a fabric store, there was a bunch of star Trek fabric that got put out and, and stuff like that. Just, you know, just stuff, you know, that you can't find now, which is disheartening.
2: Yeah. It's just not the same, but you know, again, we're getting new star Trek. So that's, what's important, but I would like to see some more merchandise or representation of star Trek out in the wild and stuff. But you know, I will say, you know, cause again, when I wear star Trek shirts, I'm sorry, when I wear star Wars shirts, I tend to get at least one comment out in public from somebody like, Hey, I like mm-hmm. your shirt or whatever, you know, just something. Star Trek, not so much, but I was in New York last week and we went on a tour. I won't get into the details, but there was like this little tour of this uh, Catholic church or whatever, and uh, near Little Italy. So if somebody knows what I'm talking about, it's the Catacombs by Candlelight. If anybody in New York City knows what I'm talking about. But we went ahead and did this tour and the tour guide turned to me at one point during the tour and said, hey, I like your shirt. I was wearing the Star Trek Mission Chicago shirt. Oh, nice! And he's, I like your shirt. He goes, I like. There's a Star Trek geek here, uh, one of my people. And I was like, yeah, and a game of Vulcan salute. You know, it's nice. Just like, so I was like, that doesn't happen very often to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no,
2: for sure. I
1: try to make a point of if I see somebody with something very obviously Star Trek, like I'll try and make a comment about it or, and, and the person's face always lights up when you do that. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to put it out there to our listeners and I'm sure a lot of you already do this, but I'm, I'm putting this out there as a mission to all of you go out in the world and when you see somebody wearing something Star Trek or displaying something about the fandom, just give them the heads up that you notice and that you appreciate it. And also go out there and wear something, put something on that advertises your status as a Trekkie. Let's not hide in the shadows and be all, you know, quiet about it. Like let's proudly proclaim our fandom out there. And, and when we see our fellow fans, Let's acknowledge them and make them feel really good about it, because I know whenever I wear a T-shirt and somebody says, hey, Star Trek, that's awesome. I just I
2: feel so warm inside. So it's so great. No. Yeah, that's how I felt when this guy said something, because typically somebody doesn't say something like that to me. And I was like, oh, we have a bond right now. We both like Star Trek, right? I didn't get to talk to him about it later or anything. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're right. It's like if I do see somebody wearing something Star Trek, I typically will say something, you know. Um, I'm trying to remember the other day, a few weeks ago, I was at a grocery store and I was wearing – I maybe I've already mentioned this on the show and I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was something where I was wearing a Star Trek shirt. And the cashier made a comment on it. And I said, oh, so you like Star Trek? He goes, no, not really. I like Star Wars. But, you know, I know what Star Trek is. I was like, oh, okay. And then we start talking Star Wars. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I like Star Wars too. And I mean, I, I, you know, Star Trek just edges out Star Wars for me as my favorite. Mm -hmm. So to see Star Wars so much out in the wild is great. But it just breaks my heart that I don't see Star Trek as much, and it drives me crazy when people say to me, you know, like, see me so. oh, yeah, how's your Star Wars podcast going? I'm like, oh. well, you know, I don't do that Star Wars podcast, Stars Report anymore. Yeah, but you're still doing one. Yeah, it's Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> it's stuff like that.
1: My favorite moment at Grand Con, which is the local science fiction comic convention that was held in my hometown a few weeks ago. There was an older couple and they were wearing just black t-shirts with vinyl lettering on it that they'd put on themselves that said choo-choo. And I was so happy and they were so happy when I was like, Lower Decks! Lower Decks! (laughs) And they were just like, oh, somebody got it! It was so great. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That little stealth stuff like that. I love that too. That makes me so happy.
2: Yes. Yes. Because you know that they really know it
1: if they're doing that. Right. Mm, and if someone recognizes it, they know that they really get yes. it too. that's awesome
2: and then that's the point when you say hey uh do you listen to positively trek you should check it out <laughs> it's exactly what i did i had a stack of cards
1: ready to go <laughs> <laughs> so shout out if you're listening
2: hey welcome thanks your costumes were awesome <laughs> yep yep that's that's great see i mean this is what makes it fun you know mm-hmm. is is those kind of moments
1: Well, let's uh, take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our brief thoughts about the Season 3 premiere episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, Grounded.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our wonderful supporters on Patreon, including our Constitution-class supporters, Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Morris, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, Paul D. Kinnear, Jesse Earl, and Justin Ozer, thank you all so much for your support of Positively Trek. If you would like to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com slash positively trek. You can get early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout-outs, associate producer credits, and more. Once again, that's patreon.com slash positively trek. Thank you all once again. And now let's get back to the show.
0: Ugh, the longer I'm off a ship, the more useless I feel. Like that, like that big dumb red thing.
2: Beckett, you know that's the Golden Gate Bridge.
0: Nobody thrives anymore. Why do you need a bridge? This planet's whack.
1: People like the bridge. I like the bridge. So, Bruce, we're back. Lower Decks is back. And season three kicked off with a new episode, Grounded, wrapping up some of the storylines that were dangling at the end of last season. How many times have you watched this episode so far? Two times. Okay. Yeah, me too. In typical Lower X fashion, wrapping up uh, the, the arrest of Captain Freeman and all of that. We've got Mariner on her personal mission because she doesn't believe that Starfleet is going to handle the case properly and doesn't believe her captain and her mother is going to get a fair shake and is going to bring her own evidence and prove her mother's innocence and all this stuff. So... Initial thoughts: What did you think of this episode?
2: I mean, again, I, you know, with most all Star Trek stuff, I enjoyed the episode. I I would say that I find it interesting that I found it interesting that Mariner has trust issues with Starfleet, but I think that's because of her past. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody's like, "Trust Starfleet, trust Starfleet," and it's like, "I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't," and yet Starfleet came through in the end, and. For some reason, I think because she's had issues in the past with Starfleet and we don't know all the things behind that. But I think it's because she caused the problems, Hmm. you know, and she needs to learn that she can trust Starfleet if she trusts herself too. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah.
1: I, I find it interesting the episode has this to say about Starfleet because basically like what happens is the system works and the captain is exonerated. There's this big secret behind the scenes mission that we don't get to see because this is Star Trek Lower Decks, not Star Trek Cerritos. You know, it's it's the episode that happened on some other TV show that is focusing on the main characters. And it's interesting that, the system works and starfleet exonerates her because i feel like for better or worse modern star trek has had this kind of slant where it's showing the cracks a little bit it's like yeah starfleet is generally good except well there is this whole thing in picard season 1 and oh, maybe there's not some elements that aren't so good and oh we we're featuring section 31 quite a bit and all this stuff So I found it really refreshing and kind of nice that at several points in the episode, various characters say, Hey, it's Starfleet. Trust them. They're the good guys. They'll do the right thing. And Mariner doesn't really believe it, but in the end, that turns out to be true. And I just kind of liked that little bit of a reaffirmation that, Hey, Starfleet and the Federation are the good guys. And they usually don't screw this type of stuff up. They're usually pretty good about this stuff. And I I just really liked that that was where the episode came down on it.
2: Yeah. And then also thinking about it, it's like, maybe it's not even that she has trust issues with Starfleet. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just that every time something comes up, she feels like she needs to take control, that she Mm -hmm. can't rely on others, that she always has to be the one to step up. Like she's always afraid nothing's ever going to work. It's not about Starfleet not doing it. It's just about anybody I've got to step in. I've got to fix it. I got to do everything. And she doesn't need to take on the whole world herself. You know, she's got to be able to rely on others and maybe even participate in it and not work so much against it and take it all on herself. Because even when she kicks her fellow lower deckers off the Cerritos, it's that same attitude of, I can't trust you to trust me to handle this myself. I got to do this. It's got to be me. It's me, 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 me.
1: Yeah, that was a an in, definite insight into her character and, and a pattern we've seen for sure. I do have to say, I really appreciated, I don't want to say enjoyed, but I appreciated Mariner's breakdown on the bridge as yeah. to what's fueling her as well. Like, you know, this is a show where, you know, they're all, they're silly cartoons. You know, you're not supposed to get emotionally invested. It's just making jokes. Ha ha ha. But, you know, after two full seasons with these characters, I'm invested and I really care about them. And I love when we see Mariner in those vulnerable moments where she starts, she breaks down because she didn't like seeing her mother taken away in handcuffs and, you know, that. Was a such a touching moment and just really shows a lot of growth for her character over these past two seasons.
2: Yeah. It's like she panicked, you know, mm-hmm. she's just panicked too much. And I mean, I've been in situations like that where, you know, I don't want to wait. I just, you know, I'll, I just want to get this done. I want to get this done over with now. Like, you know, because I can see why that would bother her. And yeah, we're talking about this animated, funny show And we're talking seriously about it, but there are those serious elements to it with humor throughout. I mean, I found myself laughing at several different points in here especially with Boimler and his gas issues, but (laughs) dropping his tricorder in the toilet, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, those sort of things. But you know, it's a desperation, you know? Oh, I thought this was going to work. I thought we had, you know, your logs are going to, we're getting nowhere. She's banging her head like, ah, you know, and they're like, calm down. It's like that viral video of that woman going, calm down to a lady in the car. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, calm down. My kids are in the car listening to kids bop. So calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, but I I'll have to look that up. That I figure cool. somebody out there knows what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this episode, I found there was so much to love about it. I really enjoy it. I, I also really appreciate the fact that the Lower Decks crew didn't solve the mystery and weren't you know, really key to it because it, that feels like a reaffirmation of what this show is about. Like it's Lower Decks. They're not supposed to have all the answers or make the big difference, right? It's the, it's the big secret mission by Captain Bateson and Tuvok that, that solved it all. It had nothing to do with them. I really love that. And uh, for me, the most touching thing, and the thing that made me so happy, was all of the first contact homage stuff with the uh, Bozeman, Montana, and James Cromwell returning as Zephram Cochran. I was, I remember the moment where we first hear his voice, and I turned to Nikki and I said, oh, "Did they? Oh my God, they did!" And uh, that made me so happy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, at first I was like, is that really his voice? Because who's ever doing it is doing a really good job. And then I listened to it more. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that's him. I bet he never imagined he'd be returning to that character again because he was, did it on Enterprise, mm-hmm. you know, after First Contact. But I'm just also picturing they came to him and said, hey, would you voice do this voiceover? And he'll be like, wait, there's a Star Trek cartoon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that. He said yes. I'm so happy that he was in this episode. That just was a little bit of icing on this wonderful Lower Decks cake.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we saw the Zemford Cochran statue we've heard about from First Contact. So mm-hmm. that was great. And uh, the whole park and the Vulcan ship with the slides and swings on it. I love that. <laughs> I wonder how the Vulcans feel about that. <laughs> they look at that and just raise an eyebrow, but you know they're... Thinking like, oh, humans. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you don't see Vulcans walking around that park. No, I don't think so.
1: I also wonder, do we see the TNG crew ever visiting that park and just being all like, well, that's not right.
2: (laughs) I saw this firsthand. That's not how it happened. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. I wondered that too. Like what they do when they visit that park, if they're just like, this doesn't feel quite like how it was when we were here in the past. Yeah. I
1: feel like, and I, and I made this comment in the live show with Brandy as well. I feel like Jordy LaForge is someone who has been to that park like a hundred times, like dragged his parents there so many times as a kid. And then he actually got to go on the warp flight with Zephram Cochran. And now he's gone back to that park since. And he's just like, it's just not the same. It's just, ah, the magic has been ripped away and it's just not quite the same anymore.
2: Yeah, I picture that he's you know, as a kid he went down the Vulcan slide. Oh, I, totally. I can see that. And I can see as an adult he may wish that to do it again, but he's too old to do that, you know. <laughs> but he, yeah. he he probably has walked around and with his, you know, friends or whatever, and in the future his kids just point to a certain area and say, I remember Zephyrin Cochran taking a whiz right at this spot back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that.
1: So, so much going on in this, of course, like we said, the captain's exonerated through no actions of of Mariner or her crew there. But Mariner's punishment now is, I guess, Jack Ransom is now going to be in charge of her on the ship. And uh, her mother's not going to have any part in her discipline anymore. And as Jack Ransom says, as far as you're concerned, Mariner... I'm your mama now. So, <laughs> Oh boy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Her mom knows the best punishment for Mariner. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> and that will do it. Yeah. yeah. That was funny. So did you have a, a favorite bit
1: from the episode or something that really stuck out to you?
2: Yeah. Well, I I mentioned earlier about Boimler's log and them going through that <laughs> and how, you know, Ransom not getting his name quite right, but he's noticed me and, you know, oh, you know, I'm having gas or I wish I could have gas or whatever, you know, and the tricorder in the toilet or whatever. It is. You know, all those things was, made me laugh. And I'm trying to remember... Oh, and I liked the uh, old guy, the transporter oh, yeah. guy. The transporter that, chief. <laughs> yeah. I liked the scene of, you know, like, gosh, he's like somebody's grandpa. And he's like, butterscotch, anyone? Want some butterscotch? <laughs> he's everybody's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like that too. That was funny. How about you?
1: Oh yeah. So many great things. I loved the visit to Cisco's and the the costumes they were wearing and stuff. The, the Jake Cisco bus seat type shirt that rutherford has on and all of that Uh, i also kind of enjoyed gavin the like guy who is going along with them on the phoenix ride and (laughs) was scared about space travel and stuff i kind of almost expected when he blasted off and he's like that's not the last you've seen of me or whatever i was like oh no is he gonna show up in some future episode but nope they just catch him at the end of the episode starfleet like chases him down and brings him back. And, uh, I was, I was thinking like, what would the equivalent of that be? And I was like, is that like somebody hijacking the universal studios tram ride and like going down the LA freeway or something?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's, it would be like that. And and AI reminds me now of the park when like they go, you know, to get on the ride, (laughs) uh, And it's, you know, estimated wait time 25 minutes, you know, and Zephyr Cochran talking on multiple screens while you wait in line. And, you know, just having recently been at Disney World, I'm just like, (laughs) oh, yeah. (laughs) Felt
1: very familiar. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, Lots to love in this episode. I really enjoyed it. So, oh, and
2: those little things that were breeding on the Cerritos. Oh, yeah. I like them.
1: what are those? The Verugament is what they called them. Yeah. the These space dwelling life forms.
2: Yeah. I like how Tendi's like, oh, this is, you know, and Mariner and Boimler, like, they're just, their faces are like, oh my gosh, this is disgusting. Like, <laughs> <ugh>.
1: <laughs> I love Tendi in this one, her take charge attitude where she was like, this is Devana Tendi. We're in the middle of a scientific experiment. She just like took
2: charge. And I loved that. I thought that was great. Yeah. No, I like that too. Yeah. There was a lot of good moments in this one. It was weird for me because I was thinking this part two would really dive deep into what was going on with captain Freeman. And maybe they're, you know, I mean they are trying to help her, but I thought it was going to be more of an action based and political episode with some funny stuff. But instead it's more about Mariner taking her friends and they're we're going to try to go save her. And at the end, Oh, she's fine. You know, you just have to, you know, trust in Starfleet. They figured it out. It wasn't how, it wasn't the direction I thought the episode would go in.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I feel like it was kind of reminding us like, by the way, this is what the show is in case you were worried or you were thinking we were going to get them involved in the high level stuff. No, 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 no. We're still lower decks. Like they're not involved in that. And I, I kind
2: of appreciated that. I liked that. Yeah, I did too. But uh, you know, it's like every time a character shows up, I'm always thinking, should I know who this is? You know, like the, the old guy doing the transport. I'm like, is he from something? Is he from another <laughs> episode? Do I not remember who he is? Like, I'm always doing that now.
1: Yeah. I I have
2: to admit, I was
1: wondering the same thing at first. And then, you know, it's pretty clear later on, like he's an original character. He's not really from anything, which I like. I like that they're creating their own original characters. Like I kind of want this, this old kindly grandpa transporter chief to show up again sometime, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We may see him again. That's that That's a good point. Maybe he'll serve on the Cerritos at some point as a transporter chief. We might see that. Oh, the other thing I liked was at the beginning with Boimler in the vineyard and the women in there kind of hitting on him and he's just not picking up on the signs, you know? (laughs) I love the first
1: one, by the way. I don't know if you noticed, but the first one is the spitting image of the,
2: like, is it sun ripe or sun, sun something? Uh, sun. Be- wait, what is that? Yeah, You're, uh, wait, raisins. Sun, sun kissed. No, sunbeam. No, that's bread. Wait, sun. Ra- what is it? <laughs> sun made. Sun maid. Sun maid. That's, that's it. it. She's the sun maid. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she's the sun made. Yeah, I I like that. I thought that was that was funny too. That he's just not picking up on that. Like they're all wanting him, and he's just not getting it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I also loved Mariner's reactions to all of this going on, where she's just like, what? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was fun. Well, yeah, um, top marks, I think, to this episode. I'm really excited for the rest of season three, and uh, I, I have to admit I'm kind of glad we're past the whole captain Freeman getting arrested storyline and we can kind of move on from there. I know some people were thinking that would be like a multi-episode thing. I'm kind of glad that we're, we're past that.
2: Yeah, me too. I don't want it to get too serialized. You know, I don't, I'm glad we got past it. I'm glad it was resolved fairly quickly and yeah, we can move on to some other storylines.
1: Well, Bruce, speaking of moving on to new and different things, um, I guess this is goodbye and again because of episodes out of time. You'll, you'll all hear Bruce in one more episode. It's weird. We've <laughs> done like two goodbye episodes with Bruce and there's still one more to come. But um, I just, you know, maybe wanted to talk a little bit about... Uh, your experience on this podcast and podcasting in general and and what what have you taken from this experience that you're going to move forward into your new life of stand up uh, with here
2: <laughs> that's yeah that's a good question well you know the guy that's um going to be actually starting as we're recording this um I'm going to do something tomorrow night uh at the comedy club. So this will be my Ooh. not I'm not doing stand up, but I'm attending this event and so and so I'm going to meet this guy that I'm training under in person. But we've spoken on the phone, you know, one of the things we talked about is well, why do you want to do stand up? And my answer was, well, I tried it back in 1996, 7, something like that. I can't remember now. And I did it for a year and it was just a one time like I took a class, I did it on stage. Thank goodness I got through it, you know, and then all of a sudden I was getting calls. So, um, of clubs that wanted me to come perform cause they, Oh, I heard you perform it. And I, it went, you know, went well, would you come? And so I started doing it for a while. It was always so difficult for me because I'd get so nervous and it was just painful. I mean, once I got up there, I'd be fine but I'd be worrying for like the days ahead and especially the day of, of like, Oh, about getting up there and doing this. And why am I doing this? It was, it was torture. And after wow. doing that for a few times over a year, I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do it again. And I really didn't get any other calls if that I recall. And then it was like, I don't know, 50, like 12, some years later, I just now remember this. I went to start working at the weather channel and there was a guy that worked there. That did stand up. And he and I got talking and he goes, Oh, we're having a big company event. He goes, I'm gonna do some stand-up. I'm bringing you in to do some stand up. And I was like, dude, no, I haven't done it in like 12, 13, 14. It was just for a, he goes, just do your own stuff. And I did it there. And it went well. Nice. And I mean, I haven't really done it since. But anyway, long story. I'm going off on this tangent. But it so when I was talking to this this guy, I said, Well, yeah, I did it once before, but since then I have done improv. I have done podcasting. I've done a lot of presentations and emceeing improv shows since then. And I have a more comfort level in front of people than I did back then. Hmm. And oh, I've done some acting, but I was doing some acting even before then. But, you know, just talking to the audience and podcasting is part of that. And the one thing I like about podcasting is we can do what we're doing here right now. And I know people are listening, but like I said, I picture those people listening, but I can't see them Mm -hmm. and I don't hear their reactions and that's fine. But I also miss that. I miss standing there on stage and just talking to the audience and then maybe even talking back to me. (laughs) I don't mind hecklers actually, but you know, and I'm just ready for that next fate. Like I'm, I, it's something I've been thinking about the last few years of like, do I want to try to do stand up again? It's not because I think I'm hilariously funny necessarily, but I just enjoy being up there on stage and I want to try this again. So anyway, what I got out of podcasting is this opportunity to feel even more comfortable speaking to people but also having the opportunity to do something I haven't done in years. And that's to talk about Star Trek. When I became a Star Trek fan, like a serious Star Trek fan was in 1990 and I didn't never really had any Star Trek friends. I've never had an opportunity to really talk about Star Trek to people. I'd read things online. I usually didn't post anything, but now, you know, I've gone to conventions. I've done this show. I've got to know the authors and other people related to Star Trek and fans like, you know, you and others are listening and stuff. And actually, when I started podcasting, the first podcast I really was involved in was a Star Wars podcast. And then Matt Rushing started having me on the 602 Club at the same time, but I was talking about everything but Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And after like two years of that, I'm like, when do we get to do a podcast about Star Trek? And then I got involved in literary tracks, and that was like, Really the first time, well, no, I was on, I think I was on a ready room or something once, but it was around that time. And then it's like, has now morphed into this. So now I find myself talking about Star Trek, but it's been, it's been fun, but uh, I've never had this opportunity to discuss Star Trek like this in my life until we started doing these podcasts. Wow!
1: Yeah, I uh, it, this whole podcasting thing, and like you, I was brought in by Matt Rushing as well with Literary Treks writing. Uh, I was writing book reviews, and then he brought me on that show. And when you came on that show, I just I know I knew that I'd found just this kindred spirit who shares this passion for Star Trek in general, but Star Trek novels in particular, which is such a rare thing. It seems sometimes it's a niche of a niche, right? Like it's a small part of the fandom, but to be able to go from there to do Positively Trek and to podcast with you and uh, share this time every week and discuss this thing that we love with someone who loves it as much as I do and is as passionate about it. It's so much fun. It's going to be really hard to do the show without you, but I'm I'm so happy that you're following your dreams and and doing this new exciting chapter. I wish you all the best in that. And I got to say, every time there's a news story about the next Star Trek movie from now until the next 10 years, whenever the heck we're getting this thing, (laughs) I'm going to be thinking about you and wishing you were here to comment on it. But uh, yeah, I mean... This isn't the end for sure. There's more to come. I'm going to be talking about Star Trek with you, whether it's on a podcast in the future or just calling you up to say, did you hear about this? Oh my God, this episode, did you see this? I, I'm really looking forward to hearing from you about Star Trek. Yes, but also about all the new adventures you're going to be going on. Cause I'm really excited for you for that. So I, I can't wait to see where this all leads.
2: Yeah. And I do sometimes question, oh, maybe I shouldn't be leaving, you know, but I, I have to make time for myself to try these other things or do other things. And it, it was just, it, it wasn't about just leaving the show, but podcasting in general, you know, it's just, you know, I, and you, let's talk about the books. Okay. Cause that is a passion of mine. The Star Trek novels mean as much to me as the series and, and, and movies. And, you know, when, Literary Trek started and I've talked about this before, if anybody's heard about it, but before it literary Trek started, I wrote to Chris Jones at Trek FM about doing the novels. And he's like, well, something's in the works. And then that became literary treks. And I thought, cause I even started thinking, should I start a podcast? I've never done one before. And I want to do it about the books, but I don't know. It's I don't, who would I do it with? I don't want it to be just me. And then he started literary treks. And then Matt rushing came to my house to attend dragon con. So he, he came from, see, C- Seattle to Atlanta and stayed at my house. And then one day, and I don't know if he wants me to say this, but I don't care now. But anyway, he said, I don't think he would mind this, but he said to me, he goes, Hey, you know what? He goes, I, I want to stop doing literary tracks. He's like, it's just, it's a lot of work and I'm doing other podcasts and I want to read other things. And I feel like all I'm doing is reading Star Trek. I want to do read other, you know, I need a break from it or whatever. And he's like, I want to have you step in for me. And I was like, I can't, there's no way I can read books that like, I can't keep up. No, you know, he's like, well, he goes, I don't want to give it to anybody else but you. And so he worked on me for a little while, but in the back of my mind, he kept saying, I really want to do this. I just don't know (laughs) if I can. So then I started testing myself and trying to keep up with the show. And I would post things on Goodreads, he finally contacted me. He goes, Hey, I see that you're reading the books along with us on Goodreads. So I know you're, why don't you just come on as a guest for a while and see how it goes. And then, yeah, when, then we had the exit plan for him, but when you and I started positively Trek, the books were another piece that we brought into this and we left literary treks. And even though I left literary treks, I went back for a while because the books meant so much to me that I wanted that podcast to, to continue on. And Chris Jones couldn't do it all the time. Matt couldn't do it on his own. And I was like the band aid to help it going for a little while, not because I wanted to protect the podcast as much, but I wanted to protect the platform to get people interested in the books. Mm-hmm. And whether it's on this show or that show, and there's a few others that are out there, to me, it's like my mission. Has been to create interest in the books. That's why I felt it was important to have a panel at Mission Chicago. There wasn't gonna be one. I contacted P- Read Pop to get that to happen. Mm-hmm. I wanna continue that to happen. It had a good turnout, so I hope they saw that. And they, you know, I want our authors to sell books. Yeah, It's like, this has been my mission, <laughs> you know, I mean, doing the podcast has been fun, but that was like my little side mission is I want people to realize the novels are good and great and to check them out. So if you're a Star Trek fan, invest in them. And so I even when I talk to Simon Schuster and stuff offline. I'll say, you know, I'm here to promote you guys, you know, let us let's do this. You Absolutely, know, so. yeah. Anyway, that's my rant on that. <laughs> but that's what, how much the books mean to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, with regards to this podcast, the the book club episodes might be a little scarcer for a little while, but there there are ideas, there are plans that that are, you know, there's there's gears slowly turning that that might make that a little easier with some interest from outside parties that I've been recently made aware of that uh, I did did not know was there. So uh, that's that's a little cryptic, but, you know, it's not something that I want to give up. I love the book so much. I mean, that's how I started with the whole public-facing part of my fandom with Treklet Reviews, my website, reviewing Star Trek novels. So, you know, for both of us, that's kind of what got us into all of this. So that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's always been important. I'm glad to hear that there's some interest from other parties to be involved in that. Cause yeah, I'd love to see that book club continue on. Anyway, I'm just running at the mouth because I know this is the last time I get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: well, I guess with that said, Bruce, one final time if people want to carry on the
2: conversation outside of the podcast, where can they find you? Well, I'm on Twitter at Admiral Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. And you can also um, Admiral Rex, no underline on Instagram, but nobody reaches out to me there every time I mention that. But I just throw it out there just in case. You know, again, feel free to email me at Admiral Rex at Yahoo dot com. I'm also on Facebook. You can instant message me there or DM me or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, of course I'm in our discussion group where else, you know, I really wish we had more discussions in Goodreads, but I don't think people really use it for that, but we've had few things going on in there before, but yeah, I I would still want to, you know, yeah. Reach out to me, anybody about Star Trek stuff or even Star Wars or whatever. Um, I am still lightly involved in fandom, but on the Star Trek side, but I'm, I'm part of the team that is keeping the keeping star Wars Report.com website up and going. And we're looking to make enhancements to that. Yeah. And Shashank, if anybody knows him, he's involved. We got him on board. He's doing book and no, just comic reviews for us right now. Very star cool. Wars on there. So yeah. anyway, that's uh yeah, just reach out anytime. And the last thing I want to say, Dan is I so appreciate doing the show with you and even literary tracks. And I am going to miss podcasting with you when, you know, I knew who you were before I joined literary tracks and before you joined literary tracks. Cause I used to read your, your book reviews and I was like hoping that we'd get along and we did <laughs> and still do. Very and much. Uh, you know, the other thing is I'm glad we've actually had at least one chance to meet in person.
1: Yeah. And hopefully many more to come as well. Yes. Um,
2: Cause I'm still thinking going to the conventions.
1: Yeah. I'm really thinking of, very strongly about Mission Seattle. So that would be a lot of fun to be able to meet up there again, for sure. Yeah. Well, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. On Instagram at kurtratz 47 youtube.com slash Productions. You can follow the podcast at Positively Trek and, of course, the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. Just search for that. We will let you in. Great discussions happening there and news to come about upcoming episodes and, and who might be filling the, uh, the very ample shoes of Bruce Gibson on this podcast. He can never be replaced. Uh, What is it? Valeris says in Star Trek six,
2: I can only succeed you.
1: Right. So
2: Anyway. Yes. I just hope I like this person that's like sitting in this chair. I think you do. I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. In case that person is listening. I'm very excited about it. Actually, Ooh, very cool. Well, um, yeah, we might,
1: might, might, might have to take a very brief break just as we transition things over. I'm not sure if we're going to be ready to record a new episode for next week yet. Um, you'll know, when everyone else knows, I guess, everyone listening. Um, But yeah, we will make a smooth transition and continue on with Positively Trek. No worries about that. Watch this space. Keep an eye on our Twitter and our Facebook discussion group and, of course, Goodreads and patreon.com slash Trek if you'd like to help out the show or keep up to date on new events happening with the podcast. So with that said, Bruce your final words as a
2: regular host of positively Trek and go well real quick i need to become a patron on patreon (laughs) (laughs) but my final words are go out into the world and stay positive
1: yay we'll miss you and uh yeah again it's it's weird you'll be in the next episode as well but then after anyway it's a whole it's a whole thing Y'all know. All right. Bye, everyone.
2: Bye.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.